1: How you doing? Just got back from two weeks vacation, not together, a week vacation, a week of work, a week vacation, and uh, went to the big island of Hawaii. It's beautiful. Never been there before. Been there before. I love it. I think it's my favorite of the Hawaiian islands that I visited. Uh, very nice time. Got to see my baby brother who just got married. He flew over from Honolulu, spent some time with me, hubby, and the kids, and this past week I had my niece and nephew visiting from Boston, and we did a staycation, which meant things like Universal and the beach and all that fun stuff that we have here in Los Angeles. But now it's time to get busy and get back to work. We got some uh, primaries going on today in states like Florida and New York. First and foremost, I just want to say you can't sit home and not vote. I honestly don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, but especially if you're a Democrat, you got to vote. Uh, but But listen, uh, you know, regardless of your political ideology or any party that you um, align yourself with, voting is essential. It is an obligation. It is a privilege. It is a right. It is part of what keeps us free as a society. And you really can't be a part of the process and then, you know, you know, be mine, uh, b- you know, biatch, gripe, moan, and complain about the process. You know what I mean? So get out there and vote today uh, in those states where they're having uh, those primary races. Um, and uh, it- it'll make you feel good because being part of the process, you know, makes you part of the fabric, right, of, of what makes this nation great and continues those freedoms going forward for generations after we're gone. Anyway, I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Only true democracy and talk uh, here. And thank you for listening to us on radio, on stream, on podcast, watching us on Twitter's Periscope, Facebook Live, LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live, every way you get the show, uh, whether you listen to it live, you listen to it at a different time, uh, you know, on Progressive Voices, you, you know, you may listen to it there. And speaking of, John Sinton for Progressive Voices is going to be joining us later in the hour. He's our guest. But first off, let's kick it off and check what is rip from their head. the White House is expected to announce a plan to cancel a chunk of student loan debt uh, this will be tomorrow in addition to an extension of the existing payment pause um, there are those on the hill with uh, knowledge of this various sources are saying that's what's coming now these sources also say the president's intended measure will include at least, 10000 in loan forgiveness for borrowers who make less than $125,000 a year, which is most kids coming out of school, right, as well as another payment freeze for roughly four months. So the figure $10,000 would be the largest forgiveness of federal student loans per individual to date in history. The move comes just a week ahead of the White House's self-imposed August 31st deadline at the end of this month. Just around the corner, the timing has left millions of Americans waiting for guidance from the Department of Education on whether student loan payments that have been deferred since the start of the pandemic would resume next month. Now, the potential announcement tomorrow comes with the smallest window of time borrowers have had to determine when their payments would resume. The White House under both this president and former President Trump uh, have extended the pause six times, and that's since March 2020, sometimes giving borrowers up to a month notice on whether their bills would be due. And of course, COVID and the pandemic that, uh, you know, played into those decisions. Uh, the former president's order temporarily stopped the accrual of interest on federal student loans, effectively putting $1.6 trillion in debt owed by some 40 million Americans on hold. So this isn't a Democrat thing. A Republican president has done it as well. Uh, This is just a measure to assist those who are having a hard time finding good paying jobs, especially when we've been in a pandemic and we're not out of the woods financially as of yet. Now, since President Biden has taken office, his administration has greenlighted over 31 billion in student loan relief for hundreds of thousands of borrowers. That relief is only extended to certain cases that includes those who have attended schools found to have misled students like the former presidents, universities, borrowers with disabilities and those participating in the public service loan forgiveness program. Now, the $10,000 forgiveness is for a much wider breadth of, uh, of borrowers. Um, so it's it's still going to, you know, some people are going to poo-poo it. they are going to be some activists or some Democrats that go, you know, not enough, didn't go far enough, not big enough, not enough people covered, not enough cash. Um, And they've pushed the uh, administration to forgive much more in federal student loan debt. Uh, In May, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat from New York, Senator Elizabeth Warren, the Democrat from Massachusetts, Senator Raphael Warnock, Democrat from Georgia, met with President Biden to push for this forgiveness. Now, advocates and other Democrats, including Schumer, they pressed for 50,000 per power per hour. Bower. I, I have such a hard time with ours being from Massachusetts, right? Uh, for, from those who borrowed, uh, or to cancel the debt entirely. Let's rip another. The Democrats' new climate law could cut related damages by as much as $1.9 trillion through 2050 by reducing impacts from extreme weather events, sea level rise and other events. That's according to a new White House analysis shared first with Axios. Now, why does this matter? Well, the economic ramifications of climate change, they're potentially staggering, eating into the U.S. GDP by the end of the century, reports have warned. And the report states it's OMB's first ever published estimate of avoided climate-related Cost due to the effects of particular legislation. So let's zoom in on this, right? The analysis published online this morning by the White House Office of Management and Budget, they use underlying modeling work done by Princeton University, as well as Energy Innovation, a climate think tank, and Rhodium Group, which is a consulting firm. So you got all the three areas consultants, you got the climate people, the think tank, and then you got the academics at Princeton, all right? The bill. The, these outside modeling groups show all three show has the potential to cut U.S. emissions by up to one billion metric tons of carbon dioxide annually by 2030, eight years away, around the uh, uh, around the corner. That's uh, uh, up to one billion metric tons, and by cutting emissions from the world's second largest emitter to the tune of up to 40 percent below 2005 levels by 2030, this new law could reduce the likelihood of the most damaging climate change outcomes. That's good for physical, uh, our physical health. That's good for the environmental health. And it's good for the fiscal health uh, as well, right? Animals, plant life, the list goes on. Let's rip another. Former Louisville Metro Metro Police Officer Kelly Goodlett today pled guilty in federal court to one count of conspiracy related to the killing of Breonna Taylor, admitting that she helped falsify a search warrant and filed a false report after Taylor's death as part of a cover-up attempt. this report from the New York Times. So, Breonna Taylor, this wasn't just an African-American movement and black people mad at white cops. This wasn't just... Uh, you know, those on the left or Black Lives Matter people or, you know, people that want to say Activa, uh, you know, no, the Antifa, excuse me, not Activa. Activa is like a yogurt, right? Uh, Antifa. Um, ba- basically, you know, there was a, a, a cover up and there was falsifying a search warrant. The, the search warrant was, wasn't even accurate. Um, so driving the news here, it's the first conviction in a case that ignited those protests nationwide over police brutality and racial justice. Um, and if you want to look, let's do a quick quick catch up here, right? The DOJ said, Department of Justice said Louisville police officers broke into her home, Breonna Taylor's home, in a March 2020 raid, and they had a falsified, no-knock search warrant for a drug investigation, okay? The Kentucky Attorney General said they knocked and announced their presence, but her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, and some neighbors said they never heard anything of the sort, okay? Walker said he thought the officers were intruders. So it's not just that they didn't knock, but the warrant was falsified as well. Officers used a police battering ram to break down her door even though she was not the main suspect. They shot her at least eight times. After Walker fired his gun, Taylor was alive for at least 20 minutes after officers shot her. She did not receive medical attention, even though she still showed signs of life. And that's according to Walker and to the police dispatch logs. The big picture here is that the three other officers who face federal charges, Sergeant Kylie Meany, former Detective Joshua Janus, and former Detective Brett Hankinson, uh, they have pled not guilty. Hankinson, who shot multiple rounds into the apartment of Ms. Taylor, was acquitted of wanton endangerment back in March, but he was the only officer who faced state charges. Now, the Department of Justice, Federal, has charged Hankinson with violating the civil rights of Taylor, uh, Walker, and their neighbors for firing multiple shots through the bedroom window and a sliding glass door. Janus and Meady are also accused of falsifying that search warrant, the affidavit that led to the raid, and Goodlett's testimony could prove crucial because prosecutors are pursuing cases against the other three, She resigned from the police force after the Department of Justice unveiled these charges back in March. That's what's ripped from the headlines part A or part one will be packed with part two, part B, right after this quick commercial break. Don't go away. I'm Leslie Marshall. And we're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome or welcome back. Only true democracy in talk. We are talking about what's ripped from the headlines. And this is the second round or part B after that break. A judge declined this week to block a Georgia election law that prohibits handing out food and water to voters waiting in line at the polls, according to the Associated Press. The big picture here is that the new rule is part of SB 202. It's an elections overhaul passed by Georgia lawmakers last year. Advocates argue that the reforms disproportionately burden voters of color and Democratic leaning voters. The Department of Justice, Asian Americans Advancing Justice Atlanta, Black Voters Matter Fund and Galeo are among the eight plaintiffs challenging various parts of that election policy overhaul. Now, this is why this really matters. Okay, the new rule will remain in place for the November general election, and that features a pair of competitive races Republican Governor Brian Kemp, he's sinking another term in a rematch against Democratic challenger Stacey Abrams, and the U.S. Senate race, where current Senator U.S. Raphael Warnock, Democrat, He's facing a challenge from Republican Herschel Walker, who thinks we have enough trees. And I, I understand, I, I understand he was a great football player. I understand he's got name recognition, and that's why voters pick somebody. But may I just say this without being rude? Um I have never heard somebody speak more ignorantly on the issues. And, and, and voters, you know, you Republican voters out there, you, you can't get a candidate that represents you better than somebody who's got great trophies and played great football and has a, you know, popular celebrity name. I mean, I mean, it's really sad when he, you know, tries to poo poo climate change because he thinks we have a lot of trees. You need people who are making decisions who are knowledgeable on the issues because these decisions affect you and they affect your children and your children's children. Long after we're gone. I just have to say, I am I'm astounded. I'm not just talking about, you know, oh, yes, I have this many kids versus that many kids. You know, I, I, but I'm just looking at the issues, you know, the the lack of knowledge on those issues. Um, it, it's just mind blowing to me. So here are the details in this. The state argued that the new ban would protect against conditions at polls that could lead to worries over potential illegal campaigning or vote buying. Voting rights groups argued the ban infringes on their right to free speech. But 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 although U.S. District Judge J.P. Booley decided with the state of Georgia, um he basically the judge said it's too close to the election to make changes. He said the voting rights groups may ultimately prevail on their part of the challenge, just it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when, so to speak, changing the rules for the primaries to, uh, from the primaries for the general election could cause confusion, he said. So this is what they're saying. Quote, while Georgia's cruel ban on line, line relief stands for now, we look forward to presenting our broader case against SB 202 at trial, when where we will prove that many provisions in the legislation violate federal law and the Constitution. That was the ACLU of Georgia voting rights attorney Rahul Garabadu, and uh, I have to say, After the next, uh, you know, midterm and general election, they're going to have more evidence and a stronger case. So this could end up, you know, benefiting voters in Georgia in the future. Sadly, it won't come sooner. Let's rip another. Today, a jury found two men guilty of conspiring to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer uh, in 2020. Uh, Adam Fox, Barry Croft Jr., also found guilty of conspiring to obtain a weapon of mass destruction in the form of a bomb, which they plan to use to destroy a bridge as part of this kidnapping plot. This is how cray-cray, the cray-crays have gotten. Because this would not just have hurt Governor Whitmer and probably led to her death, but how many other people in the process on that bridge, under that bridge, near that bridge, The jury found Croft guilty of knowingly possessing an unregistered destructive device, specifically an improvised explosive wrapped in pennies for shrapnel, kidnapping conspiracy and the conspiracy to use a weapon of mass destruction, punishable by up to life in prison. Croft and Fox were among six men charged in October 2020 over a plot which the FBI disrupted, for all of you poo-pooing the FBI or or, 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 right, or wanting to dismantle it, uh, to violently overthrow Michigan's government and kidnap Whitmer. And by the way, we're not a third world country. This government overthrow talk, whether it's January 6th on a national level or whether it's what happened in October 2020 on a state level in Michigan, it is, it is a danger to our democracy and why the polls show that's the number one concern of voters. Don't downplay it, Mitch McConnell. Don't downplay it. It is very real. Now, this was the second trial related to the plot after a unanimous verdict was not reached for Fox and Croft in a previous trial. Jurors acquitted two of the men, Brandon Caserta and Daniel Harris in April. The other two men, Ty Garbin and Caleb Franks, pled guilty to conspiracy charges Uh, In 2021 and 2022, respectively. So here's what they're saying. Today's verdict confirms this plot was very real and very dangerous. That's the former U.S. attorney Andrew Burge for the Western District of Michigan. He was appointed to oversee the trial. And he, he further said, quote, These men posed a threat not only to the governor personally, but also to bystanders, my point exactly. No elected leader should have to contend with what Governor Whitmer faced here. He said, quote, she deserves to live in safety, not in fear, just like everyone else in our state or Supreme Court justices. All of our elected leaders deserve that. And the Justice Department will not tolerate violent extremist plots of this nature, seeking to undermine our democracy. I'd like to hear more Republicans speak out when a Democrat's life is in danger, not just when some conservative members of a court are. The big picture, the FBI started tracking this conspiracy in early 2020 through social media platforms. If you see something, say something. It does not just apply to airlines and to Muslims. It applies to if you read something online and you're uncomfortable and you think it could be dangerous, words can become actions and words can become violent words and rhetoric can become violent actions. Let's rip another. Here's some audio of Republican Congressman Andy Barr trying to change the subject when Chuck Todd asked him what the GOP's plan is to deal with inflation other than poo-pooing Democrats.
0: What is your plan to deal with inflation? What is the Republican plan to deal with inflation other than not supporting Joe Biden policies? And I say that because what is the proactive agenda here? Well, we have a positive agenda, we have a commitment to America and we're going to get back to basics. Republicans are going to win landslide elections, not just because Joe Biden has done such a poor job and congressional Democrats have failed the American people on the economy, crime and the border. But because we have a positive agenda to secure the border, to get back to basics, to stop the flow of drugs into our communities, to prevent people on the terror watch list from coming across the southern border.
1: That's what's called a deflect and pivot. Politicians do it all the time. They don't answer the question. By the way, people like me do it time, some time to time. Let's rip another. A Florida school district rejected a donation of dictionaries after putting a freeze on new books in libraries and classrooms as officials navigate a new state law designed to make it easier to pull books deemed objectionable. It's an issue many districts are likely wrestling with as students return to school in Republican-led states that have implemented restrictions on book content targeting topics like race, gender, sexuality, uh, and Frank's Diary. Uh, Details The Venice Rotary Club partnered with the nonprofit Dictionary Profit to donate over 4,000 dictionaries to elementary schools in the Sarasota County School District for almost 15 consecutive years. And this year, that donation was rejected for the very first time. The dumbing down of America. The dumbing down of America. If a library doesn't contain at least one book that offends someone, it's not a library in my opinion. I'm Leslie Marshall. That's what's written from the headlines. We're gonna take a break. We'll be back with John Sinton of Progressive Voices. You'll hear more from him and me right after this. We are back. Welcome, Irv. Welcome back, and we're glad to have back John Sentin. John is executive director and CEO of Let Majority Rule. They're a nonpartisan organization dedicated to ensuring that America hears the voice of the majority of voters. Now, in early 2011, John co-founded the smartphone app Progressive Voices, which we're very proud to be a part of, and uh, he aggregates all progressive content that is seen, that is heard, that is read. In 2012, Progressive Voices launched a streaming radio service the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn that we're a part of. And the websites for Let Majority Rule and Progressive Voices are letmajorityrule.org. Check it out. And progressivevoices.com. Check it out. On Twitter, you can follow them there at letmajorityrule Rule and at Prog Voice, P R O G voice. John's handle is at John Sinton, J O N S I N T O N. And finally, check out John's reluctant blog by visiting johnbsinton.substack.com. Dot com that's j-o-n-b-s-i-n-t-o-n dot s-u-b-s-t-a-c-k dot com uh john more than a pleasure to have you back with us uh today um i want to talk about your latest edition you and i were just talking off the air um about enough already and that is actually what you wrote about enough already um even though we were talking about um covid this could go to climate change and people like Herschel Walker that think because we have enough trees, you know, hey, climate's good and we're good. Um, this is uh, in the aftermath of the legally obtained with a search warrant approved by a judge that was appointed by former President Trump records that should never have left the White House and be sitting uh, that are top security um, you know, uh, uh, documents that involve the uh, positioning of our military and things like that, we're finding out, you know, sit, sitting in a beach house in Florida where people are freely coming and going. So let's talk about this. Um, I love this uh, piece that you wrote. And that's why I want to just say again, folks, please, uh, he's a great writer. Um, he, he, he writes like he speaks and he's a great speaker. And not everybody can do that. And I know that personally. John JohnBSinton.substack.com. Um, Let's talk about this. John, when you say enough already, and I agree with you 100 percent, it could go to so many things. Um, But let's talk about this raid and how this has pushed Trump into a higher standing, you know, again and ahead of the Republicans. He's he's a problem for the Republicans. You would think more Republicans would speak out and would defend the very departments that they think we Democrats want to dismantle.
0: You know, Leslie, first off, thanks so much for having me back and all your kind words. I'm, I'm sorry to burden you with all of my handles, websites, and extraneous noise. Um, you know, so w- what do you do when an eye roll is not enough? Uh, I mean, this this guy's malignant narcissism has extended into every aspect of our public life, even to the extent that The New York Times and the Washington Post and you and me sometimes call this a raid when, and I write, I write about this, you know, to me, a raid is when a couple of H-60 helicopters swoop down into Pakistan and kill uh, Osama bin Laden. That's a raid. You know, uh, the untouchables uh, roll up to an Al Capone warehouse with axes and thompson submachine guns and they let loose and that's a raid this is not a raid this is a legally as you said this is a legally executed search warrant that comes on the heels of the justice department i'm sorry the national archives asking politely beginning in january If the Trump people might know the whereabouts of some missing documents and, oh, yes, we're very cooperative. Well, you know, the the former president happens to have them under the bar at Mar-a-Lago. So the archive people freak out and they head down to Mar-a-Lago and, okay, not quite as bad as being in the bar, but they're essentially in a poorly secured storeroom. And they say, okay, two things. Uh, First, put better locks on the damn door. And second, they say, you still have some stuff and we want it back. And here's a list.
1: So, John, I I want to interrupt you because what you're saying is 100 percent accurate. And I want people to hear this. What you are basically saying and what people need to know, regardless of their ideology, is this raid, which is not a raid. uh, (laughs) This search warrant that was served would not have come about. It was preventable because they just didn't do what was asked, which is give this stuff back and the other stuff, store it better, more securely, better locking system, better placement.
0: That's exactly right, Leslie. And to follow the timeline, so first they ask politely, and then all of a sudden the communication slows down and stops, and so I think rather reluctantly, because who would wanna do that, they issue a subpoena. So now they've got the force of law that's, and this is back in March, I think, And now they have the force of law that is saying, hey, you need to follow the law because after all, no man is above the law. And because we are a country that's based on the rule of law, you need to hand those documents over, at which point he actually says, those are my documents, which shouldn't surprise anybody. And he refuses to hand them over. It escalates, they argue, and ultimately it results in a federal judge Issuing a search warrant. And that's where we are today. Oh, I guess yesterday in one of I mean, like right out of chapter one of the Trump playbook, he sues the government because, man, this guy likes to sue people and he makes all these absolutely outrageous claims about the the, the, the who owns these documents or oh, ex-presidents they always have access to those documents well yeah they go to a nationally to i'm sorry to a national archive site that's approved and they use the documents to write their memoirs and he's tried his typical range of stupid excuses but you know the thing is and this drives me nuts he uses these excuses to fundraise and there was a point last week where he was raising a million dollars a day from these you know sad but true from from these underinformed probably fox news and conservative talk radio audience who just can't wait to throw more money at him
1: You know, you're reading my mind because I wanted to go into the allegations of the political nature of this. Of course, people are saying Merrick Garland, the Department of Justice is Joe Biden's DOJ um, because we have seen, you know, Department of (laughs) Justices pretty much be the president's DOJ, like in the last administration. But when when we look at this, it's not I say it's not political because, sadly, It's helping Donald Trump politically to to your point with the fundraising. And then when you see some polls that have come out in the past couple of days showing that he has gone ahead popularity wise there, you know, more people are liking Trump again than the GOP. That's a problem for the GOP. Because then more of, sadly, these Trump-backed candidates can get in and they're extreme. And Republicans, Democrats have seen this happen too, but Republicans more so. Republicans have seen 2012 would be an example that when you put extreme candidates out there, it can backfire. And this tsunami you're expecting for Democrats may not be as certain uh, in the midterms or in the next election, the general election.
0: You know, that's absolutely true. And, um, you you know, if you're going to give him and his sort of executive staff credit for anything. It should be that they are world-class Olympic gold medalists in grifting. I mean, they are such <laughs> grifters. It's unbelievable to me what they can fundraise off of. I'm looking in, in, in my old home state of Georgia, and I'm watching the barely comprehensible Herschel Walker. And, hey, you know, I lived there in 1980 when the Georgia Bulldogs w- won the national championship on his back. And, uh, you know, that was wonderful. But it's a you know, real problem, Leslie, in the South, uh, fr- from which I herald, the, they, college football is almost as big as the Southern Baptist Conference. I mean, it is a religion. The Southeastern Conference uh, has a tendency to overwhelm the thought processes of otherwise intelligent Southerners. And that's how you wind up with a senator from Alabama, who is the former football coach of Auburn, which is really the only credential that you need to get elected to the Senate there. And it turns out that Tommy Tuberville doesn't know, after he's elected, by the way, to the Senate, he can't identify the three branches of government. So it shouldn't surprise anyone that Herschel Walker, who has never lived in the state of Georgia as an adult, After college, he moved to Dallas, Texas. He's never lived in Georgia since. And all of a sudden,
1: like Dr. Oz, who doesn't live in Pennsylvania. Exactly,
0: exactly. And they, you know, they just they 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 can't laud him enough, and they're so thrilled that Herschel's running for office. And you listen to this guy talk, and it's a word salad, and you wonder how he can even think he can compete with it. Well, you
1: know, I was saying in Rip from the headlines before, uh, we have to take a break, we'll talk about this more. How can anybody elect somebody who doesn't understand the issues to make law about the very issues that affect you, your children, your your, your livelihood, your the air you breathe? The list goes on. Uh, we'll be back. And no, we don't have enough trees. Uh, I'm Leslie Marshall. We'll be back with John Sinton right after this. Do not go away. Go to johnbsinton.substack.com to check out John's reluctant blog. The latest edition. Enough already is what we're talking about today, Uncle. We're back. We're back with John talking about his reluctant blog, latest edition enough already. You can find that, by the way, John's reluctant blog at johnbsinton.substack.com. Also check out Let Majority Rule, a nonpartisan organization dedicated to ensuring that America hears the voice of the majority of voters at Let Majority Rule and Progressive Voices, where you can hear shows like mine, a streaming radio service, uh, the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn that provides progressive Voices like mine and others, and that content. Go to uh, progressivevoices.com and follow them on Twitter, John at John Sinton, J O N S I N T O N, at Let Majority Rule, and at Prague Voice, P R O G Voice. Uh, John, thank you for holding welcome back. So let's talk about the politicizing of this. Um, you know, we, we touched upon that, um, but the, the, obviously, the Department of Justice is not politically trying to help Joe Biden and Democrats, because if anything, like you said, Donald Trump's fundraising off it and polls are showing, you know, it's kind of sadly reincarnated his popularity uh, within the GOP.
0: You know, it's so true, Leslie, and I feel badly for Joe Biden because he managed to pass his IRA, you know, the uh, uh, Inflation Reduction Act uh, on Saturday, I think, and then by Monday, when he wanted to take the victory lap and he had all this travel planned, which he's gone ahead and done. And he fell out of the headlines because Donald Trump sucks all the oxygen out of the room and a legal search warrant is served and oh, my house has been raided and they broke into my safe. And you know, they did none of the above. I'm going to, I'm going to release the videos and we're going to show the world all the FBI agents that we're telling our, our fans to kill. Well, The only thing it killed was Joe Biden's momentum, the concept, the idea that he would have wanted it to go this way is absurd. The the guy deserved to me after two years of trying to get this legislation passed, he deserved a victory lap and the American people. Uh, a phrase that I hate to use because whenever I hear Mitch McConnell use it, I think to myself, oh my God, you you mean rich white men over 65. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, the, 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 the fact that Donald Trump's legally served search warrant usurps every bit of momentum that Joe Biden might have had, it doesn't just rob Joe Biden, Leslie, it robs us, the citizens of this country, who don't stay as closely informed as perhaps you and I do and your audience. Kudos to all of you folks, by the way. But the vast majority of Americans have no idea what's in that legislation. And the only thing they know is that Donald Trump's compound was raided. Now, the good news is that 58% of Americans, according to an NBC poll yesterday, believe that. The Justice Department and the Select Investigative Committee of the U.S. Congress should continue looking in to this matter and the January 6th matter, no matter what.
1: Oh, I agree 100 percent. In your blog, you talk about your grandmother. Can you tell that story? And the reason I want you to tell that story is I was going to ask you, because of that portion of your blog, yeah. and, you know, maybe because I'm half Jewish, you know, I, I don't know, but... Um, Why people are giving a grifter, who they perceive as being uber-rich, money at all? But I think your grandmother's story speaks to that.
0: Well, I appreciate the opportunity to tell the 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 story. So my my grandmother uh, uh, was one of the only members of her family uh, to escape Europe and the Holocaust, and uh, she was uh, she she came to the United States at about fifteen years of age did not speak English. Uh, Over time, she spoke English, Russian, Polish, German, and Yiddish slash Hebrew.
1: Where did she Uh, come from? Which country, John?
0: She came from Poland. And uh, I said to her, Ma, why why do you speak so many languages? And she said, well, you never knew who was going to be at the door. Meaning, was it going to be the the, the the Russians or the Germans or the Polish army you just you you never knew anyway so she gets out gets to the United States and so l- learns to speak English but is never a terribly sophisticated uh, uh, person having been born uh, you know in a in a in a country with no indoor plumbing She's t- 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 you think about the range of her life all the way through putting a man on the moon but to your point she used to sit at night. And watch the televangelists on television, and she would write checks and give them money. And I would say to her, "Ma, why in the world are you writing checks to these to these men uh, and to Tammy Faye Baker? So men and women." And, and she'd say, "Because they have faith. Because their faith is so obvious." And I'd say, "But Ma, you're you're Jewish." And she'd say, matters not, doesn't make any difference to me. I see their hearts, I see their faith, and I want to contribute, and I want to help. There was no talking her out of supporting those grifters. And I found that to be really informative when it comes to Donald Trump and his tribe. And trust me, it is tribal. And when he says, I need money to fight this battle, it's a witch hunt, they don't see a grifter they see an average ordinary billionaire begging for money and they can't wait to write a check.
1: But it it becomes very dangerous too, right? Because with televangelists, you're writing check to help their lavish lifestyle and whether you're Christian, Jewish, whatever you think that you're buying, many think people think they're buying their way to heaven, right, Um, you know, send me $20 or if I send them money, I'll get money. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but what's crazier is is it can become dangerous. We've seen what happened with Governor Whitmer in, um, in Michigan. We saw what happened on January 6th. Um, we see people who are being put in power, uh, God forbid, Herschel Walker, but Marjorie Taylor Greene. I think Marjorie Taylor Green's a dangerous woman. I, I think that her uh, words are very dangerous. Uh, she's demanding we defund uh, the FBI. Um, these are people that are writing checks to people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, that are going rah-rah to somebody who, with a bomb, wants to kidnap the governor of a state and overthrow the government of not only the state of Michigan, but on January 6th, the government of the United States. Right. Um, so, so speak to that. How, how dangerous is this? I mean, I sure. don't think we will be defunding the FBI, but how dangerous
0: no, no, of, is this? Of course not. And I think that if you flip the script a little bit, you will see that Marjorie Taylor Greene and her... Cohorts, whether it's Matt Gates in Florida or uh, Representative Boebert uh, out in Colorado, these aren't really legislators, Leslie. These are performance artists. They've decided that their stage will be the United States Capitol. And they've decided that their rhetoric is appropriate to them for fundraising. It's hard for me to estimate w- whether or not they believe the things that they say. I, 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 I have to doubt it because some of it is so nonsensical. But by the same token, they they rally the uninformed and the underinformed. They give them bumper sticker slogans, and before you know it, you have the same people who were decrying ultra left. Uh, people saying defund the police, uh, and now they're saying defund the police with a straight face and, and fundraising on top of it. That should tell you that these are very dangerous people.
1: Uh, You wrote, so a slippery guy, I love this paragraph. So a slippery guy blows up every norm of public life and trust, complaining all the while about his victimhood, constantly airing his grievances and driving through every guardrail our institutions and decency have had in place for centuries. And it's shocking when the Teflon wears off and he's held to account. Um, Did Donald Trump create this or did he just water a garden that was already seeded with this division, this hate and this lunacy?
0: Well, you know, he 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 just watered an existing garden. But the interesting thing is, he had no idea, because he's not he's incurious. You know, he's he's not a student of history. He he knows he he really knows nothing. Uh, but if you know something, you know that this division between rural and urban, educated and uneducated, goes back to the founding of our country. Every few decades it rears its ugly head and you know it, we've seen this uh, most recently with the John Birch Society in the 1960s these are all the same people and these are all the same arguments Donald Trump happened to tap into this vein probably with the help of guys like this the Steves uh, uh, you know Stephen Miller and uh, the guy with the uh, who needs to wash his hair um, <laughs> Steve Bannon um, so, yes, it's 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 a garden that we have to weed constantly, and generally, we've been safe from it. But we've never had an imbalance and a fragmentation in the media the way we have it today. And that's why when he watered it, all of a sudden it was like you put miracle grow on it.
1: Mm, absolutely. Uh, we have like 30 seconds. I don't have time to. I could talk to you all day. So interesting, John, really. Um, wish you weren't two hours from me down there in San Diego. Uh, John Sinton, Coronado, right? Uh, John Sinton, executive director and CEO of Let Majority Rule. Um, also, uh, he launched the streaming radio service, the Progressive Voices channel on TuneIn. Please follow him on Twitter at John Senton, J-O-N-S-I-N-T-O-N. And Let Majority Rule at Let Majority Rule. Progressive Voices at Prog Voice, P-R-O-G-V-O-I-C. And check out John's Reluctant Blog. We were just talking about it. You heard how great he is speaking. Check out his writing, his blogging, johnbsinton.substack.com. That's jonbsinto ns dot i am Leslie Marshall. We'll be back with you soon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And uh, don't forget to vote today.